something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. Variation. If you've listened to podcasts of mine in the past, that is a topic that comes up all the time. And it goes for exercise, it goes for nutrition, and it also goes for the show. I'm bringing you a variety of different shows so that you get everything you need. The motivation, the nutrition, the science, the experience, hopefully a little entertainment. But we need all of those things. And I know that many shows focus on just one thing, and that's fine. But I can't. I can't for many reasons. The number one being that I know that you need all those things, that I need all those things, that we need all those things to be successful in achieving our best lives. We need the nutrition. We need the exercise. We need the motivation. And today's show is a huge one into the motivation to showing you what can be done, what can be done, what you can achieve, which is so much more than you think. And you hear it all the time. People are great at posting it on social media. 99% of those people aren't living it. They're just not. It's easy to post. Answers are right there. It's the application that's challenging. And one way that I can help make it a little less challenging is to bring you people that have been successful. Because you're going to hear their stories. And there is no one way to achieve that success but you're going to start to see the common themes. That's what is really helpful. That Venn diagram, where's the crossover? What keeps coming up over and over? And then we focus on those things. And my next guest, Carl Baumgart, seven times U.S. national track champion, U.S. national 1K TT, which is Kilo record holder, 
male, 45, 49 age group. He's not young, not old, but he's not 20. And he's a six-time UCI World Track Championship silver medalist. You go, okay, I have no idea what that is. He's going to tell you, but he didn't come out of the womb riding a bike really fast. (laughs) In other words, people, you know, have often thought, you know, I had issues. I couldn't run. I was on the bench, shin splints, entire childhood, ankle issues. To think that I do what I do today, crazy. Same thing with Carl. Wait till you hear his story. And although he has not yet crossed over into that world that many of you, including myself, are in, the post-50, he's darn close, 49. And he's had a journey, a journey that many people would have stopped along the way and said, I'm done. Done. I'm going to give up. There's too many obstacles. It's too hard. And I don't have control. And he is living proof that that is completely untrue. All right. Enough. It's time. Quick break. When we come back, Carl Baumgart will be right back. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come along with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and, of course, drama. I'll be joined by some very special guests that'll be helping me break it all down. From award season nightmares to fashion week insanity, you'll get the real stories behind some of the most iconic moments in the show. The Rachel Zoe Project definitely changed my life and career in so many ways. 
The show definitely captured some of the most amazing moments, but also some of the absolute worst. I made this show for all the fashion lovers out there, and I'm so happy that people still watch it and love it so much. So do not miss this special takeover on Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Not believe I just said that. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, we are back. As I said in the intro, it's all about variation and it's about bringing you the best guests, the best information, the best guests, all of that type of variation so you can achieve your goals. And, you know, I talk about this frequently that. One of the ways I have done it is to follow people who have been successful. And this is yet another example to learn from someone who is crushing it, who is crushing it with, you know, many obstacles, injuries, surgeries, as I said in the in the title. Uh, and, and he's kind of around my age, I think. He's pretty close. So, uh, Carl, thanks so much for taking the time. It has been a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely, Tom. It's been, it's been too long. Too long, for sure. How many years? So, let me do... Um, you know, this math should be simple, like nine, 10 years, probably, right? Or more. Oh, no, I think we're a little further than that. I think I think I left Connecticut in 2010. Okay. So, that's right. yeah, it's been, it's been that long. Yeah, 11 years now. So, <laughs> so as I said in the intro, and, and transparency always, Carl and I go way back. He was a part of that crazy time that I always said I would never do, own a gym. I'm glad I did it. I learned a lot. It confirmed a lot and just added to that, like, repertoire of, of experiences. And so, Carl, I you know, let me read again. I read it in the intro, but I'm going to read it one more time. Seven times, U.S. national track champion, U.S. national 1K time trial kilo record holder, uh, male 45 to 49. Uh, of course, I know how. Uh, six times UCI yep. world track championship silver medalist. So we're going to get into that. But uh, so that's like crazy cycling that that it hurts me to think about what you do. And we will talk about that because I'm an endurance guy and and that's the exact opposite. <laughs> so we're wired differently. But, yeah, right. Uh, but give give your bio, yeah. give your, your you've done so much. But tell us like where you came from and what you did. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks, Tom. Again, I, I really appreciate you having me on. I do listen to your show. It's very insightful, very informative. So I'm kind of honored to be on the list of guests you have, and I, and I appreciate you getting me on here. So hopefully we can add some value. But I'd say going all the way back, I mean, I, I'm an athlete who's been trying to find my sport, I will say, for quite some time. Uh, you met me back when I was doing the uh, bodybuilding, the natural bodybuilding back in 08, 09. I was kind of still in that headspace. Um, you know, the crazy time, go hard, go big, go home. And it's more along the lines carried over from my high school sport years where, you know, I did wrestling, football, anything high impact, heavy, heavy weightlifting, heavy, heavy weightlifting, which we can get into later on the whole injury thing. And then I gradually wasn't, I was good at some of the stuff, you know, for, from a lot of measures of success, how people measure success, but from a standpoint of apex athletic success, I, I just wasn't in my right sport. And, and it took a long time. And a lot of injuries, it actually, it's kind of funny because those injuries forced me onto the bike, right? And I got into a little bit of triathlon right at the end. You know, I was, I was a spin instructor, as you know. I kind of, you know, worked together with you on that stuff. And um, in the end, I got on, did a little triathlon. And then it wasn't until I found track cycling, until I got out here into Arizona, uh, got a coach, got into all that. And found and, and he helped push me onto the track and into you know my support my sport which has absolutely been 
uh, it's a, I think you got to be super lucky to consider a once in a lifetime find. It's a, it's a lifetime achievement to be able to find the sport that you're successful. In. But, you know, I love that that's how we're starting is that it's about that experimentation, right? I did the natural bodybuilding thing too uh, before you. And I have to say this, by the way, because we're in the audio medium right now. Carl is big. <laughs> Carl, Carl always surprised me. Like he's, and we'll talk about that, but, but he's got muscle, like a lot of muscle, um, which kind of lends itself. I'm sure we'll talk about to the sport you found, but, but it is about that Carl. You know, I talk about when people say they hate exercise, they, they don't like eating healthy. It's not that they dislike either. They just haven't found what they really, really like yet. Right. And that's what you're just, you're talking about. You experimented, yeah. learned, and, and there's no failure, right? There's just learning. Exactly. Exactly the point. And, and, and again, you go out there, you put everything out there, you try your hardest, you, you, you're not what you call successful. Like, you know, I've heard you say you're, you're, I think one of your previous episodes was talking about your fitness failure. And, and I, these aren't failures. They're learning stepping stones, right? And you move on and you actually find something and you get enough, you know, enough data put together and you can find a way to succeed and be happy with it. Yeah. And, and, you know, when, when we were working together, that was one of the most stressful times of my life for reasons, uh, you know, I don't need to go into now. But when I came out of it, again, the lessons learned were enormous. And would I trade that experience? Wasn't fun during, the, you know, the time itself. But it, it's analogous to a race and your, you know, track competitions and things like that. But I think people need to realize that, right? Because they keep thinking, oh, well, my friends are are doing, you know, spinning, Carl, that we both taught way back when. And I don't enjoy that. And that's okay. You know, that that's not for you. But try it. And, you know, it's that journey that we're talking about. Oh, that couldn't have hit that better. I mean, the 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 journey that I've been on uh, has been, like, like we said, uh, experimentation, uh, trying to find what I like. Uh, I'm not a runner. <laughs> You know, I've done a couple of triathlons, you know, short distance, not for me. Uh, swimming, again, uh, like you said, alluded to, I have a lot of muscle mass. I swing, uh, sink like a lead, uh, fat, lead weight. Yep. So, you know, it's not my thing. Cycling, it just I found the one thing that I am physiologically, strangely, uniquely perfect for, you know, in, in, a, in a, no other way to say it, obviously, right, given, given what I've been able to achieve. Um, Relative to, and, and just to get into it, relative to people who they have the natural engine, the gift, the, if you put us down on paper and you looked at us, you would overlook me every single time. But it just was that weird set of physiological gifts, mental gifts, things like that we can talk about where, you know, I found it. I found the one thing and it took a long time to get there, but I got there, you know, mid late life in your forties, finding your, your sport. As an athlete, that's a, that's a lot of time to take to, to, to be able to get there. But, you know, again, still lucky to consider I got there at all. It's been my experience, Carl, uh, that it takes that long for so many people, especially women. You know, when I was a personal trainer, I know you did that, too, especially the women in their 40s and 50s, because it wasn't OK for many of those women of that, you know, era to do the sports. And so there were so many women who I started running with or doing different things with. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm good at this, right? They had no idea because it just wasn't pushed and yeah. it wasn't okay. So I would argue, you know, it's right. I don't want to be trained by a 21 year old necessarily, right? I want someone who's 51. I mean, I love the, right? Someone who has gone through everything that we're going to talk about that you and I have gone through. That's not to say, you know, you can't 
train people, of course. I trained when I was younger. Uh, but that wealth yeah. of experience that you're talking about, we're going to get into uh, uh, total hip replacement in 2014, total knee replacement in 2019. You have every uh, excuse, right, yeah. to not do yeah. anything, much less be as successful. Yeah. Um, and, and we can trace this back to, you know, the era we grew up in weightlifting, uh, exactly the same time frame. Go hard, you know, go big or go home. Heavier is better. More is better. Uh, I wish, I really wish that I had an opportunity to come up now from an athletic standpoint where in high school, they're monitoring concussions, which again, we share that. I have <laughs> like 13 documented concussions, like from football and wrestling, skiing and, and everything from the weightlifting. If, if, if the kids today lifted like we lifted, I mean, oh, they'd all end up like me, uh, you know, with multiple joints replacements and, you know, there was nobody to stop me from going, Hey, Carl, you can push more weight. Go ahead, push more weight. Where, where, where if they just looked and said, yeah, 600 pound squats, probably enough for high school football. Why don't we stop there? Instead of letting me go until I just, you know, put too much weight on your body and you end up paying for, you don't pay for that in the short term, right? You're like, Oh man, this is awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm stronger. I'm stronger. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to 30 and things are hurting. And then you get to 40 and you're having trouble moving. And then you finally think it's time to go to the doctor and you get in there and they're like, oh, man, your hip is destroyed, dude. You, 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 how at 42 do you need a hip? Right? Right. right. Like, Let me just stop so you, you for one there. second. Uh, you know, we hope that it's gotten better. And I would argue it has. There's more information. But one need only look at Instagram and, you know, the insanity of the deadlifts and the bad form that's going on. It must make you cringe as badly as it does me. So we've gotten a little better, Carl, but, oh. but I think social media has made it worse in that people are putting it out there that shouldn't be. You know, I, I think of it from that standpoint, you're 1000% correct. And yes, we agree. I can't even subscribe to this stuff. I mean, you have to expose yourself to this stuff because you need to see what's going on out there. I just shut my eye to it. Because <laughs> it's standard, right? I do as much as like, I can, Carl, crazy. because it hurts my, it just hurts my soul. It really does. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. And, but, but I'm talking about at the, at the mentor level like right. where, you know, and unfortunately we can talk about how social media is a mentor to some people, but I'm hoping like at the high school athletic strength coach, collegiate athletic strength coach, they're getting much better Absolutely. guidance than you or I got where it was, Hey, hit the weight room. And you know, the weight coach stood there and watched you or whatever and clapped when you did more, you know, like that's, that's all you got. Right. 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 So yeah. that led to your, so we're talking 2014 total hip, 2019 total yep. knee. When, when did you officially really start pushing the cycling? So that's the funny story. I mean, I got a coach back in 2013. Uh, it was my first USAC racing license. So uh, USA cycling racing license was in 2013. Okay. And I had just, I had just moved to Arizona in 2011 and I, I started riding the local group rides out here. And I was kind of in the back of the pack, you know, a bigger guy. I, I was still probably about 220 at that point, like 220 pounds on a right. bicycle. Right. Uh, you're, you're, you're not keeping up with the little kids climbing. It just does. It's, there's a math equation there. Right. So you, you, I ended up getting a coach and he helped train me. He said, dude, you were going too hard, too often. You're doing too many group rides. Let's get you into some zone two training. Let's get you an engine. We'll rebuild this thing. So we did that. Helped me out a ton. And he got me into the racing scene here locally. And he got me more specifically into time trials, like time trials, like your TT bike, like 40 K kind of efforts. So that sort of thing, like state time trial championship stuff. So 
we got into there. We did some of that racing and, you know, being down in that tough position, my hip basically started to say, I don't like to be here. And so that flagged it. And we did some injections, ultrasound guided injections and cortisone, which I'm not a fan of, but it's, you know, necessary evil sometimes. Sure. And we did some of those It kept, kept the surgeon at bay. It was actually at his request. We did this and said, you know, let's keep you from getting cut as long as we can. And then, you know, when you get to the point where the injections aren't working, let's just go ahead and do the surgery because you're just going to need it. If you want to be, let's, let's not get you to where your patterning and your function gets so bad and you get so disabled off the bike that you can't live. Right. So it's that balance. So, so we ended up having surgery. We did the surgery 20, uh, 2014. And I ended up coming back a year, literally a year to the day later and winning my first national championship a year later, uh, on the track, which was crazy. After it, a year after surgery, right? It, it just, you know, I say so frequently here, you've probably heard it in the past podcasts about, you know, people can so far exceed their goals, right? So I, if we rewound to when you and I first met and we said, you know, 10 plus years from now, you're going to be living in Arizona, crushing it at the master's level in a time trial thing, you, you'd go, there's no way. And so like, as crazy as it sounds, I just want the listeners to be open to anything. Right. And then and, and in a very convoluted Pollyanna, I'm sorry, schadenfreude way. I'm glad that your start was 2013. Right. Because then you did the cert. So, again, you had every reason to go. Not only am I not going to do anything, there's no way I'm going to, you know, push it. Right. But you did. So the hope uh, even after two major surgeries, it's not that you're just walking around. You're crushing it. So th there's so much that people can do. Oh, and, and, and absolutely, uh, you know, to, to the listeners out there, it's, it's imperative that you don't put yourself in a mental box and say, this is my limit. And, and I think one of the reasons I'm most successful is not excessive optimism, as I hear you say, mm -hmm. uh, which I do have some of, but optimism, like right. stay open to it, right? Like you're, I agree with you a thousand percent. 11 years ago, if you told me I'd be where I am now, I would have laughed at you. I would have laughed at you and said, uh-huh, okay, thanks. Thanks for playing. And by the way, I have to say I'm really angry with you that you live in Arizona because when I see your posts about, like, how you can get up every day and go for a bike ride and it's gorgeous and you get these open roads, like – as a triathlete <laughs> who spends my lifetime down in my basement on a, on a trainer, it's just – I really dislike that part of you. But, you know, you put the work in, and there's so much work, and I followed it. And that's the, the great – one of the positives of social media. I watched your rehab because you would post, like, you know, you're coming back and you're doing the strength training. So talk about that, about just giving it time. First of all, you found someone that was smart enough to, to lead you and, and you trusted that person and then you, you gave it time. Exactly. And I will just say it first started in rehab and I'm lucky to have access to some of the top, you know, physical therapists, I think in the world right here in Arizona. And they just, they just allowed me to uh, take my time. They said, listen, you're in no rush. And they just explained it. You have a certain amount of time for the tissue to heal. You have to let this happen. You're going to find yourself where you feel more capable of doing things uh, from a muscular strength standpoint. But you need to let the ligaments and tendons and all the rest of the tissue heal fully before you decide you're going to go full bore. And so I had them initially, like the first 12, 16 weeks, limiting me. And then, uh, you know, after each surgery, I would go out and I would 
the first time around with the hip, I didn't have a personal trainer who, believe it or not, I do have now. And the second time, the knee, which is, by the way, far worse from a, from a surgical standpoint, from a recovery standpoint than a hip. It's, it's so much more painful and it takes so much longer to come back from. Um, I had someone and, I, and the only reason I hired him was because I watched what he did with my wife's body. And he took her, who was this type A, go hard, you know, you know, Bonnie. it's just go, go, go. <laughs> I was going to say, like, we should have her on, Carl, because she is such a huge part of who you are. But but that's for another day. <laughs> we'll bring her back because, yeah, she, she's tough. Yeah, exactly. as, she's like my yeah, wife. We, we could just. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Tough as nails. <laughs> Without her, I would be, I would have, I would have blown myself up a long time ago. She's my saving grace. Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I had, so I watched what this trainer did with her and, and took her down and, and like got her to do these things intelligently and slowly and, and one step in front of the other, you know, basic stability, then, you know, work on mobility. And then we're going to take that to the next level. Then we're going to do, you know, we're going to close chain stuff. We're going to do um, more dynamic stuff, multiplanar stuff. So I watched him gradually move through the progression with her and it killed her to have to go that slow. But if you asked her now, she would say it was the best thing I ever did. I hated that six months it took to get from point A to point B because she's used to going hard, just like I was. Right. So I watched him do that with her and he is younger than us. He's, you know, in his twenties, mid twenties, but he's, he is so much more educated than I think I was as a personal trainer. And he takes so much more time and care uh, with each of his clients I've seen. And, and I was able to trust him. So I said, listen, you do this with my wife and I don't let anybody train me because I am the personal trainer. Right. 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 Like, I, I don't, you know, just like you are, you're like, right. I don't need a personal trainer. Right. I, I am the personal trainer. Right. Right. But this guy was so cautious and careful. And I said, you know what, I'm going to let him guide me as well. And he kept me from being me basically. And, and that was probably the biggest uh, reason I was able to get, you know, we actually went a little too far too fast, probably eight, nine months in. And I started moving too much heavy weight. And then, and then my body said, no. And it, and it yelled back at me and said, uh-uh, you're not ready yet. And so we stopped, we listened, we reset. And we went back to ground zero again. And it kind of sucked, honestly. But we built up to better than before, where I was before that, after eight months. No, now 12, 16 months later, um, I'm doing stuff that I haven't done in, I couldn't tell you how long, years, decades, right, uh, in the gym. So. It's, it's been a, it's been a responsible trainer has been more important to my success than I'd probably be willing to admit, uh, five, 10 years ago. But I love your line about, you know, keep you from you because that's so important. The majority of my clients, especially at the end, were not people that needed to be motivated. They were need, people that needed to be told not to do something to pull back. And that is so enormous. You know, there's so much about, oh, beat yesterday, compete every day. No. It doesn't oh, work that way. There's, yeah. you know, there's no off season. Uh, yeah, there is. <laughs> there's for a reason. So talk uh, yeah, about is. that. Talk about, well, you know what? I, I got to backtrack. Um, explain to people what the event is, because I think so many people don't know, like the specific event, what, what it entails. Okay, sure. Happy to. You've probably seen track cycling once every four years or, or you know, on the Olympics and they're in that velodrome, it's called. They're going around the oval. And a lot of people think of, the two guys one-on-one and then they're going really slow and they almost come to stop and then they sprint. Right. So that's like the venue, the track. And so for for your listeners, that's where I do what I do. And when I do it at the highest level, I can do it. It has to be on an indoor track, but the event itself is basically uh, a time trial from a dead standstill. So you're in a gate, (laughs) you're stopped 
you gotta you gotta pick a gear right that because anybody can pick a gear that's easy and get it going fast but you've got to pick a gear that you know you're going to be able to apex your speed near the end middle of the end of the event right you want to keep that train going and so it, it takes a lot of time and effort to figure it out but basically you get going and you start out of the gate and it's like a multi-phase event because it's like from a dead standstill it's like literally if you watch it it's like a deadlift competition so right out of the gate you're using those big muscles huge torque trying to get that bike moving there's technique to it which admittedly even eight years in i have a lot to learn on that portion of the event but still learning always a student i was a student of all of it but student particularly of that and then you get this thing going and you get it moving and get your weight swaying and you get your going and then you get down into your position and it's basically a time trial in time trial position as fast as and hard as you can go around the around the track and for my 1k kilo as it's called the nickname kilometer that is all-out effort from the gas no stop you know i was able to do it in 64 point something seconds and by the time you're done with it you, you, you actually probably in the middle of lap four for me I literally am praying to God to remove me <laughs> from my body. It hurts that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. And, um, you know, so it comes to finish. And then another event that I do that I was actually down in, in Mexico back in October, uh, tempting was the three K. So three kilometer, which is a much more endurance based event. And it takes, that's like super technical. You really got to pace it. Well, you got to go hard, but you can't go all out. And, you know, there's just so much to that event. It's wait, wait, like, wait. Like how, how long does that when, take you? Officially? That one will take me three minutes. Carl, uh, Carl, that, I, well, that's not an endurance yeah. event. I'm, I'm, I'm like my, I'm throwing <laughs> up in my mouth a little bit. And the fact that you call it that. So people don't real, I just have to emphasize people, you know, I've, okay. I've done so many shows on high intensity interval training and people think that they're, you know, going hard. They're not redlining. They have no concept. Most people, there's some out there. What Carl is talking about, the fact that he just called a three-minute event an endurance event should <laughs> just throw up red flags and go, you have problems. Like, it is, when I tell people that I would so much rather run a marathon than do a 5K, it's for that reason, right? So you are not yeah. just physiologically, and we'll get into this shortly, you're mentally in that headspace, you enjoy it in some way, physiologically and, and mentally, right? Because three minutes is not oh. endurance, Carl. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know. Okay. So from a track standpoint, yes. from a track, like, so, so it's okay. Thanks, Tom, for calling that out. Like, for, like seriously, uh, you know, 40K, 10K, 15K, you get over 20 minutes, you're into endurance, event, right? But this is, this is absolutely a 100% power uh, event. Anaero well, but there is a part of your aerobic system that's working in that. Like, so I can go <laughs> not much primarily Carl. anaerobic. <laughs> yes. I, I know, I know, I know. But 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 they're both super all out intensity. Like yes. like the, the power that we put out there in those things are just it's just off the charts. You would you wouldn't even dream of doing it on your bike unless you were doing intervals, right? So it's it's and even then it's it's, it's just pain that 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 powerful and that painful. It's, it's a power event. You're right. You're right. And well, and so, let's just go there. But, but yeah, let's go to your yeah. mental because. Listen, I did in preparation for the show a little bit. I'm an endurance guy. I don't like to do intervals on the bike. And, and I've gotten away, if I'm honest, which I always am, with a huge engine. I was blessed, right? Genetics, uh, which means yeah. I didn't have to yeah. do that stuff. And I, I realized when I 
want to go faster, I have to do it. Yesterday I did a 30 minute, which, you know, with intervals and it was brutal. And what you and I know, go a little deep into the physiology is, you know, if I do running intervals, you see peaks and valleys, right? I recover, my body flushes the lactate much more efficiently when I, than when I do bike intervals. When I do bike intervals, they're not the valleys that there should be because I'm not doing enough of them. So mm. I, I, I cringe, I sweat before I even start those type of workouts because I know the pain and pain is, is relative, mm. but you are choosing mm. 60 seconds, three minutes all out as far as most people would experience it. So how do you prepare yourself mentally? Well, that's a, that's a, yeah, well, it's a great question, Tom. I mean, it, it takes, I think, kind of a special person from the standpoint of you, you know, you do the event. So, so you go to the track, you find out what you're good at. You find out, hey, I'm pretty good at the short power stuff. And then it becomes a matter of what you want. It's your motivation. Do I want to succeed at this or do I just want to be average or below average? Right. Do I want to be, do I want to, do I want to compete at the top? And so you have to force yourself to do these really hard, painful efforts that literally people would go, why would you do that? What's the matter with you mentally? But that is what kind of physiological adaptation you are required to develop with your body is you need that and you need your body to be able to efficiently do that again and again and again it just becomes not easier because you never it never gets easier as they say in cycling you just go faster right you never get easier right right and that's really hard concept for people to understand carl but but tell them more about that yeah so so it takes that mental toughness um that Unless you really have that goal, you need the motivation to be able to go out and do that kind of stuff. You can't. No one in the right mind would just go, I'm just going to go do some of these, you know, kilo intervals or, you know, 2K intervals, like all out, you know, at this, this huge wattage. And I use a power meter when I train. So I know my wattage that I got to hit. And you're like, so I'm going to do it at this power and I'm going to do it at this power. And, you know, my heart rate follows it is, you know, all these zone five, zone six kind of things. And, and it gets, it gets uh, to me even. It's painful. I, I cringe sometimes. Like when I get later in the season, my body's, you know, in a certain place with my training. I'm super tired. I don't want to do them. I, I mean, you just don't, you just look at your calendar and you go, oh my God, I put that on there for myself today. What, 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 what am I thinking? But you know what? Doing that over and over again and doing the, the event specific training to be successful at the event, I think is no, I don't think I know is what got me to where I was able to get at the end of this past season where I was able to set that kilo national record. There's no question. No question. And you hit on so many things that are so important that people hear, but I don't think it takes them time and experimentation. So, you know, your journey to find what you enjoy, your journey to find what you are good at allows you to go to that end and that you are hardwired, I would argue, for more of the, you know, again, physiologically and psychologically for the shorter stuff. I'm the opposite, but we both enjoy, you know, I went across the Grand Canyon and back, different kind of mental anguish, but something that I enjoy and that you enjoy in a different way. And, and, and it got you, you know, to get through those injuries. So just another example, Carl, uh, of, of how important goal setting is and that that goal is something your why is so huge you enjoy that you know victory i would argue it's it's there that you're willing and and you want to go there right and and that's crazy but it's everyone has that 
Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, you need, you need the motivation to, to go out and step, you know, step outside. And I think people don't set my opinion. I think people don't set goals high enough for themselves. Uh, they look around who's doing what uh, it's in the middle of the pack and they're unwilling to reach for the brass ring and afraid of failure. And I think that's another one of my mental strong points is people, people will say to me, why, what, what possessed you to even consider going to race your first national championship on the track when you've only been doing this for a year, what would even make you consider that? Right. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try because what's the harm in not trying? What, what's going to happen? I'm going to fail. Right. Right. And, and what? And I get up and I do it again. Right. Which I've done plenty of times. I have had plenty of failures in getting to where I've gotten. Right. Plenty. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I always go back to, uh, I don't know if you listen to the episode. So great with Baz Rutten, uh, UFC fighter. And I said, like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Like, and he said, I said, how do you, you know, exactly what we're talking about. How do you deal with that? And he goes, listen. The worst I thought, what's the worst case scenario for me? And he's like, it's that I get knocked out. He goes, I hear when you get knocked (laughs) out that it's not really painful. And then you wake. I mean, so, you know, yes, there's no failure. And, uh, you know, when it's something you enjoy, you are not only willing, you you desire to push yourself in that way. Um, and there is no, like, I can't motivate you, Carl. Like, that's one thing I learned back in my master's work where I thought this is exactly what I'm going to learn, how to motivate people. And it's no, mm-hmm. you provide incentives and you figure out what, you know, that person's strengths uh, are, and then you help guide them, as you're saying. And you have those people, which is amazing. Um, we can't leave without doing a couple things because I've learned <laughs> people get angry. Uh, talk about carbs. Talk about what you eat. I love, you know, uh, in researching you. Carbs are our friend. Tell people why. Oh, my God. So I, I will just share, you know, as a my background is in nutrition. I have my degree in, in bachelor's in nutrition. So I come I come to nutrition with a very shrewd eye when, you know, we look at news and updates and things. And I'll just share like, you know, I, I left the nutrition profession profession as a profession because the month I graduated, they came out and announced that dietary sodium no longer had an impact on hypertension, high blood pressure, right? You're like, wait a minute. That was one of the golden tenants that we learned for decades. And right. now you just basically turned it up. I said, I can't do this. So now I need to look at all this information. I get to look at it through my filter of having a, that background, but I also continue my education and I, I continue to learn and it's not formal. Like, you know, you've done a lot of continuing formal ed, uh, formal continuing ed for yourself. I just have chosen to look at other sources and uh, good sources, by the way, um, to kind of filter information through, but everything comes back to the same thing. So, you know, I did the keto thing, tried it and wasn't that great. Didn't, didn't work. Uh, it helped me lose some weight short term, but guess what happened? As soon as I changed my diet back to eating regular, we'll call it uh, balanced meal, I gained the weight back or a good portion of it. Right. So, I, for, for, for my energy, for doing what I do specifically, it's got to be high carb. And, and when I say high carb, I'm talking like a 50% of my, of my macros are carbs and 25% fat, 25% protein that for the number of calories I need for my body weight, that work kind of ratio kind of is a balance and, and it works well for me. And there are times though that I don't need the carbs when I'm not doing those really, really hard efforts. So I kind of also time my carbs as well. Like if I don't have a really hard workout that day and it's something where it's zone two and zone one and I'm just going to go burn some 
you know, spinning my legs and burn some fat, that's okay. I can do that. And I don't have to worry about fueling up for that workout. But I'll tell you what, Tom, you try and go do these intervals on, on no carbs. Yeah. You ought to see how unproductive the workout is. <laughs> well, you and I can, can go here. We can go back to when we were doing natural bodybuilding. And I was a trainer at the time, like just starting out and was working like 17 hour days. And in that final phase where you and I cut our carbs, you know, a couple, two weeks, one week out, depending on, you know, the way you were cycling it, it was brutal to try to work because our bodies and our brains run on, you know, carbs. And so, you know, that extreme taught me and you about that, you know, and that's not even exercise. That's not fueling our bodies. And I love that that's what you just kept saying. It's the F word. It's called fuel. We need it and we need yes. quality fuel. So yeah, uh, you know, all diets work, as you said, uh, most people are going to try something short term, but the goal is to find what you can do for a lifetime. Exactly. And, you know, to, to really hit home on this, I, I don't like eat perfect all the time. I mean, I, I'll just share with, with the audience. I have a food addiction and, you know, I can easily, I, I was, you know, before I got into bodybuilding, I was 320 pounds, like fat, like 42 inch waist, like, you know, got into the 70 hour work week, got out of shape. And then I did the keto thing to help, you know, cut carbs because I didn't need the fuel. I wasn't working out like that. And I was able to bring my weight back down, but you know, I still struggle with that a little bit and, and it's okay. Like, so now I'm in my off season and guess what happened? I, I gained 12 pounds, right? So for that's 5% of my body weight, roughly, you know, doing the math where I'm at right now. And that's okay. Because guess what? Guess what, Tom? I'm, I know what I need to do when I turn the switch back on, you know, starting in a few weeks, where I'm going to start bringing my nutrition back to the forefront because it is such an important component that it's everything. Everything's in the kitchen that I will now start tracking my carbs, tracking my macros, uh, tracking uh, total nutrition. Uh, accounting for the work on the bike, timing my carbs before my workout so I get them at the, at the right time, uh, more of them. Yeah, th that's basically how I approach it. But right now, if you you came over to my house, you look at my fridge, you know, it's it's healthy food, but I, I'm not hopping on my app and figuring out what did I just put in my mouth today because it's my mental break from it, right? But I'll get back there, no problem. I love that you went there. I mean, so 100 pounds and kept it off. That's incredible. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, you know, your background, your story is enough with the surgeries and things like that. And that's, I hope resonates with people. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, the, the number one thing so many people struggle with is that weight loss. Uh, and as you said, like, you know, we all have different relationships with food, but there is no perfect. You said it. And, you know, back to social media, that's not what we see. And there are far too many uh, fitness people with questionable, if that backgrounds and education, and then they're posting what Carl, my, my most, yeah. what I'm spending the most time doing now is a uh, fitness expert in lawsuits. And it's, and it's a great thing. And it's a sad thing, you wow. know, bad, uh, wow. trainers and things like that. So people need to hear that. They need to hear that someone like you struggles, uh, and, and got through it. And later in life, you still struggle, but you struggle differently. And what you realize, and, and yeah. you and I both know this from everything we've done, is when you have that meal where you, listen, I woke up this morning at like 2 a.m., went downstairs, as I often do, and had two huge, like, 
cookies, huge, like crazy because I under, I didn't feed myself enough, but that's okay. And so when we have that one, like, oh my gosh, I went, had this fast food fiesta, the whole day is not thrown away. That's the difference, right? That we learn over time. Right. Right. It gives it because it all, so it's math, right? It all adds up because you screwed up one meal. Doesn't mean you just screw up the rest of the rest of the day or the weekend, the whole weekend. People, you know, a number of people I remember from, you know, back in the day when I was working with people uh, professionally in this, people just instantly give up and they're like, oh, I just, I messed up my diet. I'm off. Like, no, like it's, it's small incremental progress. It's okay. You messed up. Okay. Guess what? We're all human. We're not perfect. That's okay. But you got back on it, right? Or, Or you can get back on it. So just get back to it. And it's only one meal then instead of the whole weekend. It's it's people don't want to hear that. I'm getting ready to do another show on, you know, the biggest loser. And, and they had that study that came out that basically said you couldn't do it. And now there's new research yeah. that says they were kind of wrong, <laughs> that it is math. And it's about <laughs> hunger hormones and things like that. But, I, you know, you saying that is is one of the main reasons, too, that it hopefully is so powerful to people because you and I both learned that we made those mistakes. And it's not even that that meal is a mistake, per se, right, for you and I. It's that, hey, right. either we kind of wanted it. You know, after a race, I will eat garbage and then I'll feel like garbage and I'll learn. And, and, <laughs> yep. and that, right? And the healthier we get, the less yeah. we want the garbage, but we still have it. Right. And to your point, we know that in our head, we keep kind of a running total. We go, okay, I'm going to maybe go for a longer walk and maybe throw in a workout, not to undo it, but to just start right. to get back into balance. And it's so important yeah, for back people. Back into balance. And that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, where do I want to go as we, uh, you take, people will love this and just go through it. It's rare that I do this, but because you are like, you're successful, right? So when you talk about like your nutrition approach, your results speak for themselves. And yes, you, you have the same philosophy as I do because, you know, it depends. We're all experiments of one, but, um, I know there's certain people, including my producer, who's a huge cycling guy, tell people, just go through quickly. You don't have to go deep into them, but you supplement and, and what do you use? Yeah, um, exactly. I think our food supply is unfortunately not uh, where it was in the past when you and I were young. And just the mass mass produced food, I think there's a lot of micronutrients that are missing. Totally. So I, I make sure that I hit those points, right? Uh, multivitamin, just like you'd say, like a multivitamin. I do CoQ10 and I take that for heart, general heart health. And believe it or not, it's also good for mitochondrial energy production, right? So it's a little edge I look for. Uh, CoQ10. Um, you've heard people take for endurance uh, beetroot powder, right? So the NO production. Sure. Um, magnesium's, magnesium's on my list. Uh, avoid cramping. It improves sleep. So it's you know I use it both day and night, right? It, it, magnesium's I think one of the one of the best electrolyte products out there um, for avoiding cramping. By the way, so just put that on everybody's radar. Vitamin C again, uh, antioxidant properties, energy production, B12, same thing. Again, now. You're gonna you're gonna think I'm some supplement junkie, but you know I, I kind of I do take a lot of stuff because I think it's important that and I think our food supply is short of it, particularly particularly Tom when I'm you know I'm using products like nutrition bars or shakes that also you know are loaded with some of the stuff, but I think it's not complete whole food sometimes, and that's the convenience part that I use in my nutrition where I think supplementing back in is important. Um, and I'll just continue. Literally, it's a pretty long list. Uh, uh, vitamin B D three. Right, you think I'd get enough sun out here, but necessarily that's not the case because I've had mine tested even living out here, and it was low. So I, I think that's important for 
hormonal balance, you know, sleep quality, that sort of thing. Along that same line, zinc, you know, uh, nighttime recovery, boosts your immune system. A lot of people learn about zinc and those, you know, other supplements during COVID, right? Totally. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and then, and then more for the sports stuff is definitely uh, creatine, which I know you, you've uh, talked yep. about in the past. Yep. Um, beta alanine, believe it or not. So beta alanine is a very specific, and I would say endurance, but it does improve your endurance in the one to five minute power band. And there's, there's research out there to support that. There's plenty of research and I am the research also to support that because I would do efforts without taking it. And you don't, it's, it's something you don't stay on your round and I would take it. And then I would take it before, you know, to build it up in my system, you know, 10, 8, 10, 12 weeks out. And by the time I get to my A race, my, my, my power numbers, you literally, they, it just shows up. It's there. So that's a pretty powerful one, the beta alanine. Um, and then I take CBD as well. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest ones that I take. Yeah. And you hit on a couple of supplements. I have a laundry list of shows I'm waiting to do. And you hit on a couple of supplements that, as you said, there, there's research behind it. So, you know, it's not going to be something that makes you Carl <laughs> and, you know, hitting those those times, just taking that, but in conjunction with everything and, and trying to eat healthy and then filling in the gaps, as Carl was saying, like, that's important. And let me just say, too, like I found and I'm sure you find this, too, Carl, when, when you're training for something, there's that psychological effect the placebo, it's not even really placebo, but when you're training hard for something, taking all these things as well is just part of the whole process. It, it, it focuses you more. It, it just, it motivates you more. I'm sure you find that, right? When you're like, okay, I'm training for this event. I'm taking all these things. I, I, I see it with my sons, mm -hmm. right? As they're training for certain things, I will give them certain supplements and, and it motivates him just to go down and work out whether or not, right, he knows or cares or, right. you know, so there's a huge thing to that. What I love is your CBD. You are, that's now a side hustle or it is your, you know, one of your things you do now. Um, so talk about that. And, and in full disclosure, Carl is now uh, advertising on this with the CBD, uh, but I only bring on, would only bring on something that I totally believe in and that Carl has proven, you know, he is the real deal. I, I was thinking back, Carl, when I was doing my first fitness videos, you know, it, it's a crowded yeah. space, but you're a guy who, uh, how old are you officially now? What's the birthday? 49. I'll be 50 in June. You haven't, bro Ugh, I got to change the title of the show. I haven't. Almost 50. <laughs> I know. I'm, I know. Almost, almost 50. Exactly. I wasn't sure, yeah, if you had exactly. set that record and, and crossed over it. All right. Well, we're going to have to bring you back again, you know, after that <laughs> as well. But, you know, you said, hey, this is something I use. And then you went off and, and created your own product. So talk about that. It, it, was, it kind of ties in with some of the surgeries and all that joint pain. That's kind of where we started. It actually started with Bonnie. Uh, she's really the main impetus behind it. She went out there and found a resource for CBD after hearing about it from a friend and she found a company called Charlotte's web. It's it's, they, they were like one of the first online places you could buy it. And so she gets it and it like it would come in this like brown wrap package and it would take weeks to get because they couldn't ship it out. Or it was just this whole weird space at the time. Like, so this is back pre 2018, uh, 2017 timeframe. So it, she ends up taking it and her hand basically gets better in like, you know, a week. And then her back, which she had some disc issues, she ends up having a lot less pain and can sleep better after a month. So it wasn't like this instant miracle pill, but for some pretty serious, you know, pain and arthritic, you know, inflammation things, it kind of helped pretty quickly. So I ended up getting into it um, more towards uh, 2018 um, when I had some some mental health things going on related to both work and, and sport. Um, I ended up taking it for sleep, uh, which it helps with massively. 
and and also anxiety, believe it or not. It, it really takes you down quite a notch. And so, you know, for me, it was about, we, we found this, we found that it worked for Bonnie, but then we wanted a source that I knew that was actually going to be super pure. It was going to have 0.0% THC because I'm an athlete and I do get tested by, by USADA, right? So I don't want to take anything and THC is banned. And so I don't want to take an A, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of THC, but you know, it's fine, whatever. Let's not even get into that. But it, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't you know, be getting on the bike if it right? had it. <laughs> I'd be no, off no, eating exactly, somewhere. <laughs> right? so I yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just don't, I don't get even get into that portion right. of it. So I just wanted it to be all about the CBD. And so that's what we did. It's all of the plant. We found a, we found a farm up in Colorado. So it's American grown and that does matter. You know, USA grown product is a big difference between that probably gas station CBD you're thinking about where you go in, you get it. It doesn't work. It's, it's, it's crappy stuff from, you know, India or China or wherever, you know, wherever else it's grown. So we have a really good, uh, um, control over our, our, our chain from, you know, seed to shelf. And we said, listen, this is not about making money for us. This is about finding a great product that works for us. And we found the supplier and, uh, this farm. And we said, this is, this is it. This is the product. And so we decided to put our name behind it and get it out there for general consumption. And it's not about like, let's get this and make it this, the biggest TBD company in the world. You know, we want to focus this, this towards athletes and athletic recovery because that's, that's important. I think it has a massive, massive edge over things like using NSAID, which I used to eat like chiclets, like all <laughs> right. the time. Right. 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 So, so now I, I get better sleep. I have, you know, less, less um, inflammation, lower, and it's a dual thing for me, lower anxiety. And I don't have to take NSAIDs, which obviously, you know, there's studies out there that show that NSAIDs um, inhibit your post-exercise growth, right? So any of the work you're doing, NSAIDs reduces the inflammation, and it's been shown to interfere with that. So your body's natural you know, ability to make gains is diminished by using NSAIDs. I don't know. I don't know how much you knew about that, but there is. Oh no, totally! I love that you're bringing that up, and, right? and it's a show for another day too. That and, uh, and and cryotherapy type stuff, where you know we we thought it was helping, it helps in the short term, but has the same type of potential negative, you know, uh, muscle building and and yeah, you're diminishing potentially yeah. mitigating your benefit, <laughs> which you know I I take it so rarely, if ever, uh, for that reason. Yeah, that's well, awesome. you're a lucky guy. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> you're a lucky guy not to need it all the time. But but you know, for like me, I still and my surgery was very successful. But I still have joint pain, you know, in the in in some of the some of the surgical joints, and in general, you know, just being over fifty, uh, you know, overdoing it. Imagine I might overdo it on the bike training, Tom. <laughs> yeah, go figure, right? And so, right? And, and that's where this stuff really comes into play potentially, right? You got to do the work, you got to recover, and then anything you can bring in to help that, you know, that's why I had you list all the supplements and stuff. That's going to make a difference. But you got to do the work, right? There's so many people recovering that aren't doing oh. the work, <laughs> right? But, <laughs> you know, and, and you are obviously yeah. going at such a high level. And that's that's why I love bringing someone like you on, you're very rare and you're the extreme and we learn from the extremes. So, so many people, Carl, are obviously going to listen and go, well, I'm not getting on and doing time trial and I'm not going to go that hard, but we know that, but we yeah. want you to live your best life and to find things that help you do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I think another important takeaway for all the listeners is, you know, as a master's athlete, I have to look at it from a standpoint, I need every edge I can get as I get older. 
your body's just going to lose more and more. And, and it doesn't have to lose massive pieces, right? And, and I'm not talking about, oh, one day I'm, I'm great, the next day I'm failing. No, but, the, but age is what it is, right? And I'm, I've heard your episodes on aging and, and metabolism and things like that. And it doesn't mean that right now uh, I'm losing a lot to age, but I need every age I can get. So supplementation, making sure my recovery's on point, making sure my nutrition's on point, making sure my mental health is on point, by the way, very important. And, and just staying, you know, aware of everything I'm doing and everything I'm putting in my body. And I'm in control of that as much as, as much as I physically can be and mentally can be. And it's such a great way to start wrapping it up. Yeah. Cause you know, uh, if you've listened that that's usually how I end the show, cause it's about control and, and that's why taking supplements again, it's, it's, we're controlling something. So just by popping something we feel like we're doing something and that, and, and listen, that's where companies take advantage, right, Carl? There's a lot of bad products out there where they take advantage mm-hmm. of, like, you know, I, I did a show. I think you should probably eat your vegetables. <laughs> you probably can't get them in pill <laughs> form, right? But there's other things, right. as you're saying, that, um, you know, they are supplements for a reason. They supplement what we do. Uh, but by the way, once you hit 50, Carl, it's all over. Yeah, no, there's precipitous. It's yeah, yeah. So enjoy your last couple months. I thought you were already there, but you know, (laughs) I'm gonna. No, I kid. And and you know what? Let's finish with this. I now at 52, because you and I have done this journey. I would argue, you know, you started off by talking about yeah, we went heavy, but we learned, right? And we're trying to teach. And and so often I have people, you know, who want to argue with me about crazy workouts. I go, listen, I'm not gonna, you know, I'll give you the science. And I'll tell you that, like, you're not going to hurt yourself probably right away. But 10 years from now, you know, you might regret that. But you and I learned over time. And I am when I first started in this business, people used to always say, Carl, wait till you're 30, wait till you're 40, wait till you're 50. I'm now loving this age group. Right. Because we we learned we did a lot and now we can have the best years. And so let's kind of end with that, because you're thriving now. You know, you were, was it 320? Was that your peak? 320 pounds, yeah. Insane. Oh my God. I, I, you blew me away because I knew you had lost weight to everyone <laughs> listening out there. That was, that's news to me. And that's just, it, it's surprising, but it's not, right? Because it shows who you are today and why you are. Um, and that's even more incredible. Um, but we learned over time. Yeah. And, you know, explain that to people, how you feel now at this age. Well, you know, again, I I have gone through all the ups and downs that, you know, growing up has to offer a lot of life experiences like most people have. And, you know, here in the end, it's like I'm glad that I'm paying attention to what I'm choosing to do uh, with work and fitness and everything. And I'm able to make more intelligent, smart, educated decisions and, and not do the dumb things I was doing in my 20s and 30s. It's, it's the best. Like you said. It's the best time. Now, I have another extra six months to enjoy it more, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. Then it's like your VO2 max drops. I think it's like 15%. Um, You know, these are all. (laughs) Where can people... (laughs) So find out more about you, goldmetalcbd.com? Yeah, uh, just head to our website, goldmetalcbd.com. There's an about us, and that'll talk a little bit about the journey, and then you can learn more about the products. And um, again, it's, it's... something that I put my name behind and it's not like I've been, we've been approached to get, you know, by chief suppliers to make more money. It's not about that. It's about a quality product and putting something out there that I know that when I go to sleep at night that I can stand behind and there's no question about it. So 
Yeah, and, and I just want to people know that, that have listened to my podcast. I don't ever have on anything that I don't believe in, and people that it just doesn't happen. I'm so fortunate at this point in my life that every topic, every person is my choice. And, you know, you would be on, obviously, absolutely regardless, but I want to always give people those options and different things. And people find success with so many different things. You're saying, like, your wife, Bonnie, like, you know, if if everyone had the same success with things, then it would be easy, right? Then we'd all have the solutions. Oh, right. all you got to do are these exercises and take these things. So that's the experimentation we're talking about. And when you have someone who has found not only success, but like crazy great success, you just heard all that from Carl, from the weight loss to the, the injuries to now like thriving at, at, at a brutal, by the way, I still like, I have problems, Carl, yours are totally different. And you know, us endurance athletes look at you and go, you're nuts. <laughs> like, like that's, I, I know. Yeah. I'd rather do, I'm getting ready to maybe next year do my first post fit. You know, I've done 50 mile run. Maybe I'm doing a hundred K. That still to me is so much more fun than your 60 seconds. I'd rather run 60 plus miles uh, than what's your heart rate. Let's, uh, and what's your peak power just to throw it for those nerds. Who so are. my, so my heart rate, uh, well, when I get to those max efforts, uh, you'll be in the one eighties at, at age, uh, age 49, 50 here. So, um, mid one eighties, like one eighty five, one eighty six. Um, I've seen it pop higher occasionally, but you know, it, it's, um, my peak wattage, I would say like my peak wattage isn't that high, believe it or not. It's like in the 1500 range for like a guy <laughs> like what I do. Uh, you know, anyway, a 1500. Oh my God. That's obscene. But, but it's like the sustained wattage is kind of where it's cool. It's like, that's like, all right, that's kind of like my thing. I can hold it longer. Right. And, and throw so that like out that to people too. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. So that one minute effort, you know, I, I set a PR when I set the, the kilo record, which is actually perfect timing. You can't ask for that anything better as an athlete. Uh, I ended up doing 750 watts per minute. <laughs> so th- this isn't apples yeah. to apples, but for those of you who have the stationary bikes at home and it's giving you certain metrics and, you know, there's one specific brand that does. And again, it's not perfect, but it's close. Uh, he's doing how many, what was it? 700, 800, 750. Oh my gosh. Like insane insane that's amazing all right i i've taken up way too much of your time i want to have you back after you're you know you hit 50 and you know <laughs> set the next record yeah. what's the goal what's the throw me out the goals for uh the next year yeah yeah so uh this coming next year 2022 the goals are even bigger than what i have now uh i'm looking to break the world record in the 2k so as i age up they make us go shorter distance, so two-kilometer time trial. So it'll be a two-minute and call it uh, – I need to be under two-minute and 11 seconds to change. That's the current world record. So I'm hoping to break 210. That's my goal. And then also to race against the guy who's currently racing and set the world record. He's still in my age group, the 50 to 54 age group I'll be moving into. But to beat him and everybody else and, and win a world championship at the 2K time trial. So those, those are my two big goals. I love it. And I'm sure that if anyone can do it, you can – Thank you so much, Carl, for taking it. It's so great to catch up and just so amazed by your accomplishments and, and and didn't even realize the weight loss thing. And I love that that was an aside, right? It's an important thing. It's a huge part of, I'm sure, everything. But, you know, we are so much more than that. And when you put it on the back burner and focus on everything we talked about, that's when it gets easier, right? So continued success. Look forward to checking back in with you and uh, happy new year. Speak soon, Carl. Happy new year, Tom. All Appreciate right. It. And <laughs> we will be right back after this short break. 
Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come along with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and, of course, drama. I'll be joined by some very special guests that'll be helping me break it all down. From award season nightmares to fashion week insanity, you'll get the real stories behind some of the most iconic moments in the show. The Rachel Zoe Project definitely changed my life and career in so many ways. The show definitely captured some of the most amazing moments, but also some of the absolute worst. I made the show for all the fashion lovers out there, and I'm so happy that people still watch it and love it so much. So do not miss this special takeover on Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Cannot believe I just said that. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. I want to thank Carl one more time. You know, I, I always tell guests that it's going to be 25 to 30 minutes, and it rarely is because the guests I bring on, there's so much to talk about. And I hope you enjoyed that because, oh my gosh, catching up with Carl. Uh, and and I knew again that he had lost weight. I don't want to harp on this, uh, but it's obviously what so many of you listen to the show for and are struggling with. And to find out that he had not only lost weight, but lost a significant amount and has kept it off. And it's all connected people. You know, he, he talked about uh, struggling with the, the psychological side, as we all do. And that's why 
I keep hammering home that this is all connected, that we exercise for our sanity and it helps with, you know, hunger hormones and feeling good about ourselves. But huge takeaway from Carl's show is once again, don't think you're too old. Don't think your injuries, you know, we could have talked about his injuries for a half hour. To think that he had his hip done and his knee done, and it's not that he's just now riding a bike. He is torturing himself at 1,500 watt peak power and 700 plus, maintaining that for for 60 seconds and, and more. You know, it sounds so cliche to say the sky's the limit, but it is. You have to be open to that. And that's why I get so upset when I read articles that say you can't accomplish something, that you're limited by your genetics or something else. You're limited by your beliefs. There's a lot of people that say that, but haven't accomplished much, if anything, other than telling people that line. And that's why I bring people like Carl on. Because he's done it and he's continuing to do it and he's thriving and he's yet another example that it can be done so much more than you think. And so you have to be open to it. You have to give it time. You have to start to apply all of the little things that aren't so little that you hear on the show. I would argue that Carl is in the best place that he's been in in his life at at 49. And it's only going to get better. Because of that self-efficacy, because of the learning, the failures that aren't really failures. So cool. So cool. And the final takeaway that we started the whole show talking about is that you got to find your thing. But Carl is a big dude. Right. The fact he's biking as fast as he is. Sure, there's short events and, you know, his body type lends itself to that to some degree, but he's got to, you know, get down to a certain weight as well. But he was doing the bodybuilding, teaching, doing many different things till he found that one thing that he's physiologically meant to do, psychologically meant to do. I love the back and forth about how nuts I think that is for a minute, three minutes. I'd rather go for three hours, 10 hours. But we're different. You're different. And so don't beat yourself up because your journey with exercise and eating healthy isn't what your friends is. Too many choices. But we give you the science. You're going to find your healthy carbs, your healthy protein, your healthy fats, your form of cardio that raises your heart rate, your form of strength training. And finally, you're going to believe that those issues you have can be fixed. Thank you for listening. Again, if you want to reach out, Tom H. Fit, Instagram, Tom H. Fit is Twitter, fitnessdisrupted.com. You can email me through the site. Love to hear from you. Questions, comments. Follow the show. Rate the show. Comment if you can. Thank you for listening. My most recent book is The Micro Workout Plan. My goal Get over 100 Amazon reviews. 
getting close. If you've read it, it can take a couple minutes. Greatly appreciated. Helps authors. And Carl spoke about this in not so many words, but we all control three things. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind, our attitude. And that is awesome. I'm Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.